Hello, buddies. <laughs> I I think that one might have just been an H E. I'm not well... sure. I'm not sure if they heard an L or an O. <laughs> But... There are no words me then. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Darklands, buddies. Uh, I am George. I'm your game master for the evening, joined by Eric. Hello, you beautiful people. <laughs> um, you know, usually now, you know, it's nice to say we usually have a couple more players, uh, but with the Midwest dumping a blizzard. <laughs> The past that couple of days, yeah, yeah. Um, this is what we could manage, so this is how we will go on, and uh, we hope next week to uh, have a couple of people back and potentially join. Yeah. So, per usual, everyone here at Tabletop Buddies is 21 years of age. We do not condone underage drinking and always drink responsibly. Secondly. We got a new rule, buddies. And we're not telling you about it. <laughs> well, we actually are. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, you know, we have our usual roll a d6 or, you know, like the George rule with the keyword, which we'll get to, or the Eric rule. You know, you, you guys have given us all of your ideas and feedback and what and whatnot. Um, and just a few minutes ago before uh, we started recording, Eric and I were just chatting and it was like, hey, wh wh why don't we have a rule? You know, why can't everyone just kind of like uh, pick a drinking buddy and you guys pick a rule together? Um, and at, at first, Eric and I didn't want it to be something like super transparent where it's like, oh, you just met a minotaur, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah. we kind of played around with, oh, well, I just rolled this specific thing on a dice where it's like, you know, you guys can't even see that. So, you know, there's always that doubt where are they bullshitting us? You know, did you really go four sessions without rolling a nine? You know, <laughs> the, the, there were just kind of be some doubts there. So we kind of uh, just came to this mutual agreement uh, on a kind of unique one where it's essentially on plot hooks and on uh for lack of a better term reveals either eric full-on chugs we're not just talking oh a drink here a sip there we actually have never had a chug rule so this will be the chug rule between eric and i that should i believe eric the example i gave you is say that you are uh you just encountered an npc for the first time and you're just kinda... yeah, and I either yeah. Roll, i noticed something or yeah and you're, yeah you're, yeah you're just kind of sussing them out you know you're meeting them for the first time you know are you a good guy or you're are you a bad guy you know you're just trying to like learn their alignment for lack of a better term yeah say for whatever reason you know say like beetle rolls a natural 20 on his perception um you know the the way igm which i'm sure all you guys know is you know i'll give you a freebie or something and like maybe that guy has like a mimic in his room and it's like oh shit now beetle knows that now eric and beetle know that this guy that 
I was trying to make seem like a good, good guy is actually like one of my BBEGs. You know, if something like that would happen, that would be a chug on me. But say the opposite were to happen, where Beetle just rolls like shit, or maybe Eric just happened to miss a couple of specific details, or something about the story just, you know, went over the top of his head and he just happened to miss something. A few minutes later, so it's not incredibly obvious, a few minutes later I'll just be like, hey Eric, you got a chug. And then that's when Eric will have to go back in his notes and be like, motherfucker, what what was it? Where was it? What? <laughs> yep. Where I, you if know, it's... People knew how many times I called George a motherfucker in my head. Oh, yep. <laughs> so without further ado, last we left off. Dexter finally made it to mid-March. I'm still getting used to saying Dexter. <laughs> I've act, I've never met a Dexter. I've never had someone name a character Dexter. I've never had an NPC named Dexter. <laughs> so Dexter finally made it to Midmarch. Uh, Ral, William, and Victor were by his side, and that is when they found you, Beetle. Which Dying. You were having a bit of a spiritual experience, for lack of a better term, after Benji betrayed you. Seeing not only your deity, but another angelic figure telling you to seek your glory. You awaken to see all these people surrounding you in a familiar voice. This voice coming from Dexter carrying your good pal little Navian Etret to you, this messy brown-haired halfling, as weird as he is, as strange as he talks, <laughs> he channeled all this divine energy to you, taking your wound away, that yellow slime and all the damage to follow that Benji left with the plunge of his sword. To within moments of this, Navian having black void eyes and take a completely different voice. The voice of Benji talking about how everyone will fall and finally this possession ending and Navian's lifeless body. Motherfucking no good piece of shit. Yep. Guzzler Benji. Much needed drinks and rest ensued, which is what I'm going to assume when we start. We got to see Easton again. Uh, William got fucking hammered drinking Mazarin's, apparently during this time where you haven't been in mid-March Beetle. Uh, yeah. Easton revamped the bar and... One of the house-made drinks is now called a Mazarin, obviously in honor of William and Emma, so he got hammered drinking his own drink. (laughs) Uh, Dexter, rather forcefully, but still performed for everybody. Ral got thrown out a window. That Uh, doesn't surprise me. A bit of a late-night chat with the whole Benji is Zalo, Zalo is Benji. And then Dexter presented the crest of the Mezzo District to you. 
after some conversation, you realize that he actually found this at the little campsite where you and Benji stayed before you got to mid-March. Apparently, he left a little something behind on accident, and luckily, Dexter, he actually originally thought that the black fur that he found belonged to the Rachasa, belonged to Benji slash Zalo, but it was actually your black fur and the little footprints that he saw were the little halfling footprints of Benji. He just happened to accidentally leave behind that crest of the Meso District. That's when all the light bulbs began to go off, which is where we had to sleep for the evening. Everyone feeling pretty confident about the next leg of this journey. So we're talking max hit points, spell slots, and so on. Uh, as far as sleeping arrangements, uh, the lower suite was given to you uh, by Easton. Uh, so essentially the way this happened, Eric, not Beetle, Eric, <laughs> is uh, you and Victor took one room, Dexter and William took the other, and you're pretty sure Ral is sleeping on a table somewhere upstairs. Probably a better bed than he's used to. So without further ado, uh, Beetle, shall we begin in the morning? Yeah. All right. Uh, kind of big uh, cat-like stretch. You know, bit of a yawn. You know, everyone kind of had you up a bit later than you would like to be. But, you know, it was kind of like a... Welcome back, William. We missed you, William. And since you were amongst the group, it was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, another one? <laughs> uh, you were kind of having to, which you're kind of used to already, but, you know, keeping an eye on Ral to make sure he's not, you know, shooting his own finger off. You know, I don't you, know how he hasn't at this point. <laughs> you know, you're... You're just kind of more accustomed to that solid eight hours, and this was more of like five and a half, six. And as you're kind of stretching, oh you see uh, you see Victor already sitting uh, across the room. Um, he seems to just be writing in like a little book at a table in front of you, closes the book, turns around, and, oh, um, morning, friend. Morning. You, you look, you look much better. Good. Good. I'm glad I look it. Are you feeling it? I think give me a, an hour or two, and then, yeah. I'm just more used to a longer night's sleep. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I... I cannot take responsibility. That was not on me. Um, the other half of the party, though, I do believe <laughs> they are uh, mostly responsible. That that sounds about right. Um, um, and you see, he, you know, he closes his book, kind of just, you know, like tucks it into his jacket, and 
you see kind of just like puts his hands together and like looks down at his hands like the kind of like easygoing demeanor just kind of turns like a a bit serious before um before we join the others i'd i'd like to ask it was just uh you know it was just on my mind you you remember Elu, right? Yes. That younger being? Yes. And and now you've told me of this Ander. Just to be, uh, you know, it's just you and me here you know doors shut there's there's nothing to be afraid of um i just you know to be on the same page you're you're romantically involved with this man yes right right i see so he just kind of nods in place. Well, I trust your judgment. You've helped my town when no one else would. You're assisting my family, so it's the very least I could do. Um, where is he? Is he in? Is he in any sort of danger? Is he on the to-do list? as well as Benji, Zalo. Do you have a preference to what we call your mortal enemy? I do not care what you call that POS, Victor. Very well. Um, as far as Ander, he is on the to-do list. As far as I know, he's not. Right, right. Danger, but not a hundred percent sure. As far Understood. as Zulu being mortal enemy, oh yes, he is an enemy. He very right, much right. is. Yes, yes. But the title of mortal enemy rival is definitely worn by Cassius. Right, right. So. Rival is what we can call him. Your rival. Yes. Which he was. Um, he was my next um, point of order. Not to, not to talk your ear off right away in the morning. Just you know, usually you and I don't have time like this. There's usually someone else around us. So perhaps I'm taking advantage of closed doors. <laughs> um, it's okay. I think, I think we're both aware. Um, when you first entered my town, when you first came to Reynoldton, my, uh, my, my sister gave you a laundry list of problems in the worst possible manner in which she could. I didn't take it personally. <laughs> Obviously, the 
last of the issues that uh, she gave was the children that were missing from our town. Do we believe Zalo is responsible for this? It wouldn't surprise me if he had a hand in it. Right, right. Very well. So, well, if if he is once he is affirmatively slain, you can see just kind of like reaches over and like pats your shoulder, just that confident once he is slain and you return all of these kids, all of those children to their respective homes, it is is that perhaps when we could start our travel, our travel to Nalore with Sasha? That was the thought, yes. Now, if this, if the stars happen to align and this is the case, would the new ally, would Dexter be okay with this? I don't see why not. Well, he, have to ask him. he, he seems like an all right fellow. I don't have any problems with him. Just, you know, he is new. And as of late, I'm sure you can oblige to this. I'm having doubt about my friends and whom is around me. Not about you, of course, not about William. Just, you know, Benji was a part of Reynoldton for a very long time for him to be what he is, to do what he did. It, frankly, it's it's been a, a day, two days, and it's it's still a shock. This deep cover, this intricate disguise, this second identity, or perhaps first identity, and Benji is his second identity. I don't, I, I don't know. It's... How long did you know of Benji, Victor? How long was he in your town? He's firmly held residence for upwards of two years. And he first passed through a few years before that. So I I knew Benji for probably upwards of half a decade. At first he would just, you know, pass through with his group, which perhaps he had this entire group tricked, or maybe they're evil devil fiends or whatever he is too. As far as I knew, he was essentially a resistance leader 
just this really brave little guy that wanted to bring the light back to the Darklands. I mean, it. Uh, in hindsight, it's a it's a very convincing story. It is. Well, sometimes people see the dark as light, and light as dark. I. It just. It's as I said. It it baffles me that for all this time I. I never even got a a hint. Not even a hint of whom he really is. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. <sighs> he was right under my roof. We drank together. I've provided him with housing. I introduced him to my sister. I don't know, in a weird way, I feel responsible for, for all of this. He's very powerful, Victor, in disguising, so it's not your fault. It's just, everything was just in, incredibly convincing, you know? Who, who, who doesn't like an underdog story, right? You know, this True. little three-foot guy with this big heart. <sighs> you know, it was, it was all just... Obviously, it was all bullshit. It's just, he was, he was very persuasive in his ways about, you know... He lived a simple life. He was just a courier. There was some sort of accident with his beloved and now she's gone you know he gave me this tragic thing and a tragedy with a lover yeah he 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 never spoke i i thought you would have known you two were very close he never spoke of it to you no yeah, um, it was it was when he first stumbled in to Reynoldton. Uh He was he was to be wed, and uh, oh, this was this was many many moons ago. Um, he he was to be wed, but whom he was supposed to marry, she got mistaken she got mistaken to be a vampire and she was just brutal brutally murdered who am i to know if that's even true because apparently everything that i know of him has been full of shit. I don't know. That's at least what he... Uh, that's at least what he told me all all those moons ago. Did he say where she was supposedly is buried? Um, I, wh where she's 
buried, I don't think it was ever spoken of. It, he he always talked about um he always talked about how they were from the west and all he ever wanted was the southeast, which obviously the southeast makes the most sense because of the Meso district. The Meso district is one of the most southeastern societies, communities here, which uh, Victor's absolutely right. Um, here in mid-March, the Meso district is actually full-on southeast. You just have to go around the Miltod wetlands where if you were in Reynoldton, it would almost be like a directly southern shot. So it would actually be much quicker to go straight from here, from mid-March, to the Meso District instead of going east to Reynoldton and then south to the Meso District. If you just, you know, go southeast, you can make it straight to the Meso. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, give me your uh, lore check. Like the number that it is? Mobility mm -hmm. uh, uh, lore is a plus 13. Yeah, so, you know, just, just roll the check. So D20 and then plus 13. Okay, hang on. 18 plus 13. 31. 31. Wow. Uh, first of all, for just... Because I, I hate awarding hero points for just rolling high, but we wouldn't have gotten this far if you wouldn't have listened to Victor, let him tell you what he knows, ask good questions. So take your hero point. Yeah. And in the meantime, be ready for me to break your heart. When... Victor was talking to you just now about, uh, you know, directionally how Benji was always saying how, hey, Southeast sounds the best, but he was always talking about the West. Yeah. When it comes to that side of the Dark Lands, you know, Nalore comes up a lot, which is where Victor wants to take Sasha in the first place. So you're like, okay, he couldn't be talking about Nalore. He couldn't be talking about Leafside, because Leafside is more for, like, your Druidic-type people, you know, like how Mercy is an Orid. You know, we're, we're talking more like the Elementals, the very natural Rangers, Hunter-Gatherer type. That's when you have to go just a little bit more west to realize what Benji was talking about. Because there is one more location. In between Leafside and Andor Thom is a little place called Dragon Tail. I hate you. 
And that's when Beetle realizes when Victor was talking about how... No, Benji always said something about how they lived in the West. You distinctly remember a number of years ago there was a bit of an uprising that was happening in Dragon Tail. And there was this massive, massive vampiric from your southern, your lowest district upwards to where you and your family are. There were not dozens, but hundreds of people that were brutally murdered. It didn't matter if they were vampire or not. If they were a part of the horde, they were killed. You're pretty sure you just stumbled across the story of one of those victims. It might not have been by your hand, but your last name was all Benji had to hear. You suck. I'm not saying that your dad killed Benji's fiance. I'm just saying it's pretty likely. And that's when Victor grabs you by the shoulders. Beetle? Hey. I ignore him for like another couple of seconds. Yeah. You can see he slides his chair back and just kind of crosses, you know, his fingers and his palms, puts his chin on top, just just patiently waits. I get up. Mm -hmm. I walk to the door. I peek my head out mm -hmm. just to make sure no goblins or anything. Nope. Just assuming. Nope. No perception check needed. <laughs> Close the door. Lock it. Mm -hmm. Slide. Actually, is there another chair in there? Yeah. I slide that up and under, make the doorknob. Yep. And I sit back down. Yeah, you see Victor kind of just like instinctually reaches to his hip, which is where like his sword is sheathed, and looks back at the door, looks at you. I just give him like a little Nod. down motion. Yeah, yeah. Re retracts his hand. Just kind of crosses his arms. What you just said would explain possibly why Benji did this and I point to where I was stabbed to me. Right, right. You're... I... I actually should apologize, first of all, for being a bit insensitive here. It, that should have been my first point of order. Um, I am I'm so sorry for um, your fallen friend, uh, Navian? Nevian? 
AVN, yes. yes. And yes. it's a It's just, this goes back in, well, before, maybe, before me, even, or at least okay. to the point of a young cub. Something that my father possibly did. I think you just told the story of one of the many victims of, you could say, purge, uprising, retaliation, scourge, revolution. I... Okay. Are you familiar, Victor, with a vampiric uprising that happened many moons ago in Dragon Tail. Not only him, I, but I think we we both. I I shouldn't assume that we both are. Um, at this point, I'm. I can't assume anything about your family, about your mother, about your father. However, from the look on your face, what I can do is uh, give an educated guess that... How do I word this? Um, you know Dragon Tail, the city, right? I just simply nod. Right. So you don't know Dragon Tail the Drac. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Where I'm not I'm not saying I am uncomfortable with you. It's just per perhaps this should come from your father instead of me. Perhaps you should return home and... Beetle, your family are good, lawful people. They have done so much good and saved many lives, okay? The yeah. thing is, for as many lives as they saved, they took the same amount, Beetle. You see, the part of Dragon Tail you're from is called the Justice Quarters. The Justice Quarters is for warrior blood, like you, you know, an oath to slay necromancy, to fight until your last breath. Does that sound familiar? 
and it yeah. it does. Your father pretty much gave you that speech every day. Now, yeah. the Drek... The Drek is probably something you only probably saw a couple of times by accident. And that's if you ever snuck out. Which... You know, I'm not one to judge, but I'm guessing in your teenage years you weren't the I'm a ghost need to a party type. Not really, no. I figured beneath beneath you, which I know is used as a figure of speech, you're beneath me. No, I'm talking literally under the justice quarters, under where you lived, was a place called the Drac. Because the word drek, that word refers to junk. It refers to filth. The lower class, and so on. The bright, valorous leaders of the Justice Quarters, like your father, respected, loved, and, in turn, doesn't look down upon his fellow man like you. That's the thing. A man. A man with a heartbeat. Not undead, blood-sucking scum. Obviously, even though you may have been raised that way, your morals have changed. Otherwise... When I mentioned Elu, we would have been talking about corpse. You introduced him to me. True. That's where it gets tricky. Because the Drek, they, as a people, they were given your scraps. What you threw away, what you didn't want to eat, what you didn't finish for dinner, what you thought was a trash can, was going down. What's down? What's under, you beetle? The dreck, right? Yeah. They got, simply, they got fed up with their lack of being treated humanely. They tried to rise against um, and it's not my place to say the swift claws because from my understanding Amaros wasn't the problem it was Alceria. Amaros and Else. What? Uh, Amaros and Alceria, which is when you kind of. I'll leave it up to Beetle, but that's kind of when you almost want to like extend your claws because. You see, as Victor is saying those names, he has his head down, but his eyes are looking up at you like, is he gonna kill me? Because that is your father. 
and that is your mother. From what I understand, he wasn't the issue. He fought for the Drek. He wanted to bring them up to the Justice Quarters with you. Alceria caused this purge that you've alluded to. Hearing the full story is a swift kick in the nuts. It is. The reason being is because your father, he's an awesome dude. He is. You've always looked up to him. He's the Superman type dad. But being royalty, being nobility, it is a very busy, it is a very time consuming job. Most of your bedtime stories did come from your mom. This is when yeah. things are coming into the mature adult perspective of Beetle. That all these evil creatures, all these bad people, were they? All this light versus evil, good talk that she gave you when you were a kid, were they really evil? Were they really monsters? It's hard to say. Doesn't make Benji a good guy. Doesn't give Zalo, whatever we want to call him, a reason to do what he's done. Because he's definitely an evil motherfucker. But it's putting a lot of things in perspective. That it is. I look at Victor and I say, I would rather you be truthful and honest with your knowledge than hide anything. Even if it is a personal opinion, just know that your counsel is always accepted no matter how painful it may be okay i just wish there would have been less work for father to have to attend that would have learned more what and obviously i haven't been in person so, I don't have the right to say I did or did not see it for myself. What I do not understand is why the Swift Claws and why the Whitefoot families couldn't just come to some sort of mutual agreement. That is... That, what Victor just said is all you ever wanted. 
Yeah. That is the question to get answered, isn't it, Victor? And hopefully soon it will be. Uh, perhaps once um once we did Sasha taken care of. Uh, once we find your cool friend with the firearm, I would love to get to know him more. We all go home, and we'll have your back. I appreciate it. I, as like I did with William, I am extending an offer to you and your sister that once this is all resolved, that you two take up places as counsel. I would be honored. Thank you, my Like, son. on, you know, on when he says honored, he reaches for, like, the proper, like, forearm handshake. There's a knock, knock, knock on your door. We make whoever's knocking wait a little bit, and I accept the handshake. Yep. And then we turn around to face the door. Yeah. Just with like, you know, like a soft half smile, you know, Victor. Just kind of firmly nods to just like you without a still check needed. You 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 know all of that was hard for him to say. That he's not the type of person to use the, well, I'm a chain leader, so I can do this, and I know this as an excuse. He would never use that as an excuse. It was, I really trust you. We're friends behind closed doors. This is what I know before we get interrupted. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with that knock, 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 you know, you return the chair back from under the doorknob, unlock, open, and see a familiar goblin with a big smile on his face holding a pistol and a dead squirrel. Morning, dude. I shot this squirrel. Do you want to have breakfast? You can have that entire squirrel for yourself. Awesome. Full-on gives you, like, uh surfs up like the cowabunga pinky and thumb. Uh, where's William? Uh, William! Is he in here? And you can see like literally just like forces his head between your legs. William! So controlled to not fart. <laughs> then you, you can see he just like retracts his head and knocks on the door across the hall. William! As he's doing this, I just close the door, trying to not laugh. Uh, as you do, you actually see the door across the hall open. Ooh, who's in the room across the way? Yeah, uh, 
looking like you you're just about to just close the door and just start like ripping with victor about just like all this bullshit and you actually just see a familiar like kind of loose uh cotton shirt bard you see dexter open the door to ral and you also see a arm hanging off of the top bunk and a familiar male figure <laughs> with a bunch of drool coming out of his mouth that you already see Dexter saying, well, uh, he called dibs on the top bunk, so... You see Dexter look back at William and Ral just like runs like right under Dexter's legs and like goes up the bunt and is like, wake up, old man, and like starts shaking William. Uh, I hope William shoves him off the top bunk. <laughs> yeah, is, is there anything you want to do here or would you rather be uh, an observer? Oh, I'm just going to observe this. Okay, uh, as you do, we are going to take our first break here. We'll see if we get to a second one. Um, haven't decided on how long we're going to run this session yet, but everything's going pretty good so far. Right? Yes. Wink, wink. <laughs> I just wanted to know if I pissed you off yet or not, so we'll see. <laughs> do you not hear the motherfuckers? Welcome back. So, Ral knocked on your door with some squirrel breakfast, <laughs> uh, went across the hall, and is grabbing William by the collar of his shirt, <laughs> lifting up his neck. Wake up, old man! <laughs> I will slap Just him. full on, and you see the arm still dangling only one eye opens the other eye seems to like be closed by like eye boogers yet and the one mm -hmm. eye that's open you can see is like 20 percent bloodshot you see just oh oh the celestial heavens why are you here why I and you can see he just kind of looks around I I believe someone is playing a percussion within my skull oh hi beetle Hey, William. Just kind of, you know, nudges his head over. You're pretty sure this is his, like, first ever hangover. <laughs> are... Are we... Is the world... Well, no, it has to. It's on it. Are we spinning? Are you spinning? Ooh. Who is spinning? 
slow it down. <laughs> and you see he, like, rips the blankets, like, slow it down. Have you ever been hungover, William? Um, if I was, I think I would be dead at the noose, wouldn't I? Mm. Have you ever been super drunk? Was I last evening? I turned back to Victor. <laughs> oh, that's a definite yes. He is hungover. You're pretty sure that was the first time he's ever been super drunk, and this is his first hangover. Dexter, do you mind getting our friend a big thing of water? can see he's, like, already going upstairs. Second problem. I do believe there was a witch among us last evening. There was another, yes. No, a witch. And I can tell you why, young beetle. Dehydration. Lack of energy. Memory loss. I have been cursed. I just walk over there and I <laughs> give him a gentle, like, big brother pat on his cheek and go, no. There was no witch. No. What? What? When it's you say alcohol. no, yeah, yeah. What? Well, when you say no, and obviously your door is open. Victor's hearing all of this. These are the loudest, like hyena laughs. You're pretty sure you hear the chair like topple over, and Victor is probably like holding his abdomen, just laughing his ass off. <laughs> Young Beetle, may we keep my behavior last night between you and I? <laughs> we definitely can. I, I fear Emma would... No, 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 I just fear Emma. Forget the last part. I'm afraid of that woman. And, you know, he's talking about his own wife here. <laughs> and then you can see he, like, grabs your cheeks. But that's not important. What's important is that Beetle is safe. And that we're all here. Like, he's grabbing your face and saying this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, little one, time to get up for school. And I just <laughs> pick him up out of the top bunk and stand him up. Yep. I mean, he's definitely doing, like, the standing upright but, like, weaving in place. So where am I going to cook this squirrel? On a stove. Okay. You can see Ral just starts following Dexter upstairs. <laughs> oh. 
Victor like finally like regathers <laughs> himself from all this like oh <laughs> this is this has been a treat and you can see like immediately when Williams Victor you look older than me but I'm way older than you <sighs> yes friend let's we're going to eat and we are going to hydrate we're going to cleanse this curse. We're going to decurse you. Let's see William just like nodding. <laughs> How about you give me a uh, athletics with fortune just to kind of like fireman's carry William up the stairs. Uh, <laughs> 36 36 with with ease it's like the uh for fellow wwe fans out there here's a little shout out uh when Cena beat AJ Styles at SummerSlam, how he went for like the double attitude adjustment, how he just like rolled through and hit that second one so seamlessly. That's how easily you carry William, a full grown man, up a flight of stairs. Doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. Yeah, and it, it, it is pretty quiet when you get upstairs to Easton's pub. Because, you know, this is morning, it is a bar, <laughs> that it does appear that there is just, like, a few older dwarves just, like, having some breakfast before work. Um, but it is kind of weird because they seem to, like, wave at you. You've never met them before. Are they waving at me or waving at the child I'm carrying? Because you asked, you're pretty confident that they're actually waving at William. And that's when it hits you right sense of William is alive. All of them are alive too. The curse that you and Sawyer broke was on the entire underpass underneath Midmarch that connects to Ronaldton. So breaking it not only freed him and Emma, but everyone else who was there. Yeah. You know, the awful tombs and the creatures that you guys purged, the minerals and life returned. And of course, of course most importantly, the as you're turning and setting William in a chair, you see sunlight coming in from a window. Again, I it's a weird walk, sight. <laughs> I walk over to the window and I just stand in the sunlight. Yeah, it, this is probably your first time ever. You've looked at it a couple of times. 
you've never actually felt just the warmth of sun rays. Take a hero point, first of all, for just doing that. And it, it is just, it's different. It really is. And you see as you just like, you know, close your eyes, you know, you can feel that little bit of heat, you know, against your fur, against your skin. By the time you turn around, you see uh, those same uh, dwarven figures kind of just like take off like their little like hard hats, like their little caps uh, in William's direction and seem to be putting down like a little handful of like silver in front of him and an empty seat next to him, presumably for you. I sit down in the mm -hmm. empty seat? Yeah. As you approach and sit down, same, you know, big, just gray hair, white hair, beards, you know, ZZ top dwarves, just with these big smiles, you know, they, they have heavily the look of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, just like with those big beards, you know, not so clean shaved, but just as jolly, just as smiley, just as happy that... It seems like even though you haven't met them in the flesh, they know what you did. Glad someone does. You're pretty sure this is just a taste of who does know what you did. It's acceptable. As you sit down, uh, you see Easton and both of his sons. So Easton with this just enormous you know just this big pot belly you know he probably wears like a triple xl but has all of it in like a button-up shirt you know belly hanging over his belt uh he's got this giant uh it's you know just to reiterate what he looks like this giant like hagrid type beard bunch of you know just he has like dark brown hair but there's just so much gray in it and he, he is human and as he just like walks up with his sons there's just this massive dish of like two dozen eggs piles of sausage links there's like some beans on the side and just piles of toast so you boys had uh quite a night looks at all of you and ral still with a dead squirrel can i cook this i look at eastern and i go what is that, that that's is that a goblin that's... holding a squirrel just yeah that he shot Did he really? You see the gun that he's holding? <laughs> sure. 
if you what if I skin it and you throw it on the stove and you, you can see like before he's even done with the sentence Raoul's like already hopping the countertop like just fully pumped great anyways yeah <laughs> Uh, I know you're all probably in a rush to do your uh, revenge or whatever. So, uh, what's been up? What's been going on? Oh, something a family member of mine could be the cause of me being stabbed. Okay. Okay, that's one way to start. And, uh... Not to, you know, no dick measuring contest, nothing like that. I'm just taking a, a stab here. Uh, the Sir had a few too many of his surnames last night and points to William, who drank too many Mazarins. <laughs> Where is the Sir? Sir? He's literally yelling sir to an empty bar at like 9 a.m. That's when Dexter like leans over. Oh. William, you're the sir. He's talking about you. That's when like, you know, Dexter and William are like, ah, right, right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to teach him how to handle his alcohol. Well, uh, regardless, uh, did all of you enjoy your stay? Everything go well? Have a good night? A good sleep? Are we all feeling well? I think some of us are feeling better than others. As I look over at William. Yeah, and you see he's, like, already struggling. Like, he picked up one of the sausage links, but it's, like, in the middle of his cheek. He's, like, tr struggling to actually, like, you know, get the sausage link into his mouth. <laughs> I help him. Yeah, there's a strong sense of, like, that just babysitting hangover type thing. Well, uh, we do have... Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Beetle. Uh, obviously, you and Sawyer were rather successful. Uh, where is he? I didn't notice him last night or this morning. He's out doing something. He didn't say. Sounds sounds about right. Sounds like him. <laughs> and uh, the small uh, lizard dragon. The loud one. Where, oh, oh. Yeah, where, where is he? That's, that's a good question. I, I think it was Raoul's turn to babysit him. See, Raoul turns around like just put salt and pepper on his squirrel. What? Oh, oh no. 
Because he literally I'm just good. like leaves the stove. Baby! I have a baby. Opens the window. Where are you, baby? It's just. You can see like people start pointing. <laughs> can see Easton like brings him back in. No, he mean. So I look at Easton. Go. I got one child that's right. Drunk. Yeah. So me, the adult, has a baby that. Uh, yes. A kid that's making me want to be drunk. So. From what I gather, um, you and the musician are good. Um, Victor is good. The one that is over 200 years old is hungover. And somehow this little green thing actually killed something on his own. Yeah. This is a remarkable day. Remarkable. Uh, um, can you get <clears throat> Mr. Mazarin two big tankards of water, please, Easton? You can see, like, there's already, like, one in front of him that's empty, and uh, Easton just, like, reaches down to, like, a bottom shelf, and bam, like, two of, like, the, like, Big old iron dwarven <laughs> just plopped right in front. Thank you. You're welcome. But um, before before I head over to you know do chain leader things, I would. I hate to use the word advise because it makes it sound too, you know, business. I I, I would like, I, I think you would enjoy uh, before your trip on your vengeance, before you depart. Feel free to take a look around, Mid-March Beetle. There are lots of new folk since you were last here. I would really like you to, in these past couple of weeks, really enjoy this place. There are some very unique people, <laughs> but they are very, very fine in their own rights. Not only... Not only from a business standpoint, not just casually, but genuinely good, good people. Of Enjoy course. this place. And you can see he kind of slams his fist down. And let me know if you find any clove keepers. You can see he turns left to look out the windows, turns right to look out the windows. I know Clove Keeper Kyer spoke last night. He has not been seen since. We are running out of guards, Beetle. I know you are very busy. 
I'm not asking you to stay. I'm asking you to just take a look. What do you mean running low on guards, Eastern? Are they going missing? What's... Well, it was, like I said, uh, our guard, they are known as clove keepers, you know, as in like a garlic clove, you know, against vampires, even though that's obviously horse shit. And you can see William, like, drops the sausage link, like, it doesn't work? The... I used to wear necklaces of... Anyways, um, they aren't, a few of them have not registered for their shifts, and others have fallen ill. It's very hard for me to believe that everyone is either sleeping in, called in sick, we're gone. So just if you see just one or two, can you just ask them where their fucking co-workers are? Sure. Thank you. I know you have business of your own. I'm not telling you to stay for an extended period of time for the day for anything of that nature just if it's convenient for you anything would help in exchange and only if you have someone of this kind of knowledge certainly do you have a historian or a librarian that is well seasoned. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to just shut you down, to turn you down, to say no. What I can give you is somebody that I know. Even though they aren't here, I can give you an idea of whom they are. Will that do? Yes. Wonderful. So, um, the last I've heard, but you can see kind of looks around. Elves, they just kind of tend to not die. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that in... The crown top of the Mezzo district. They have scholars, they have men of letters, people of writing. If you can get there, tell Vanguard Gron that I say hello. I know it seems oh. minor, but he'll know. Of course I can do that. 
I, I wish I could give you a more immediate type thing, but I think you would have a better chance there than here. And I want to give you, you know, the best opportunity that I can present. No, it, it's understood. It's understood. Good. Good. Now, boys, clean those fucking tables, which is what he always yells at his kids. <laughs> and, like, you look around and, like, yeah, pretty much is everything clean, but you can still see the two sons scatter and they just, like, make it look like they're working. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so, like, uh, that's when you see Victor just kind of lean into everybody. Well, to... Uh cut the shit as they say not to be too abrasive we all have much to do we all have much to travel to be made and so on oh. so and th that's when you can see like the pauses the kind of just demeanor change of Beetle and um, and Dexter. I'm assuming uh, the Mezzo District for you boys. Yeah. Yeah. Dexter, I imagine you're excited. You're going to go see the frets. Am I right? And that's when, like, you have no idea what they're talking about, but Dexter just seems to be, like, firmly nodding, like, yeah, I am. Then you look over to William, chugging down the second tankard of water, and... Oh, yeah, I... I, I am here. I imagine... Going from here is going to just, you know, be shorter, right? Like Ral, it's going to be shorter to kill Benji, which is what you want to do. I think all of us want to do it, William. Oh, am I going with... And that's when you see Victor oh, pull him like, you. no, you are coming with <laughs> me. I'm watching over you. Everything will be fine. In under 48 hours, you will be kissing your wife and doing whatever weird shit William Mazarin does. It's when you see Ral pop up like where Easton was in front of the counter and literally just like slaps down a bunch of burnt squirrel. I'm gonna eat. I just uh, <laughs> keep eating the eggs, toast, and the sausage yeah. that's in front. Yep. And I actually rolled uh, Dom. When you listen back to this, I rolled on your behalf. Um which that was a 29 on his lore check, which is when Dexter kind of catches your ear, Beetle. Um, would you mind if we uh, stopped at the frets? 
in the Meso District? What are the frets? I'm not familiar with them. Hmm. Well, it's like a fret, you know, like on a guitar neck, a fret, F-R-E-T. These are the frets, you know, plural, with an S at the end. Um, they're, uh, think of them as like uh, schools, multiple schools uh, for musicians. Mm, yeah, yeah. can stop there. Yeah, like, you know, academies. Um, I think Professor uh, ya, uh, Yan, Yan Yonolar, something like that. Uh, I think he's still there. Um, him and his brothers had a. Uh, <laughs> they're like a uh, like a wood elf type band. And that's when it hits you. He he's kind of talking about like the real world equivalent of like bluegrass. <laughs> oh. He just does. Yeah, he just doesn't know how to word it. Where it's like, you know, I I think I could like you know just learn a lot from them. You know, just like pop in, stop by, see if they're having like a lecture or something. Yeah, we can. Great, great. So, um, let's figure out travel stuff. Um, can he? You see, Dexter point at William. Do we trust him? Looking after him. Then you see Dexter also point at Ral. <laughs> Should we watch over one of them? Does Victor watch over both of them? How does this work? I, I look towards Victor and I go, so, you're already taking William with you. You want us to take Raoul so you don't have two children to look after? I, I do imagine that if I imagine that if I don't have William back by dusk tomorrow, Emma will literally kill me. So yes, I would like to take William. However, I think I think the journey you are on is much more impor important than the journey that I am on. I can handle William. I can handle myself. I've dealt with my sister for all of these decades. I think I can make it from my neighboring chain leader back to my home chain leader. With that being said, I would, if you wouldn't mind, as she is most familiar with William, even though he's not in his best state, if you could 
returned Mia to him, I would happily leave you with the carriage that William Dexter and I came in on. Agreed. Anything that you purchase, anyone you find, anything, anyone, any, any along the way, you would have all of this storage, all of this room. You have two horses as opposed to just Mia. Even though Mia is a absolute um, rock star, for lack of a better term, she is most comfortable with William. That is nothing against you, Beetle. You know that. I would just much rather get him back there as safely as I can and assure that should Zalo be responsible for those children and should you find them, they also have a way back home. Understood. Good. Good. And you see, just kind of taking the goblin with you, or am I taking the goblin? You look to Ral, who just has like a mouthful of burnt squirrel in his mouth. Looks at Victor and William turns and looks at you and Dexter and points at you and Dexter. <laughs> okay, that's decided. Goodbye. And you see Victor just, like, speed walk out. <laughs> I just chuckle and I keep eating. Yeah, as you... left William sitting here at the yep. counter. Yep, because he didn't want to deal with Ral. <laughs> And as, you know, probably just, you know, this last 10 minutes of just, you know, small talk, eating, uh, the little bit of sobering up that William did, as you're essentially saying your goodbyes, you know, w William just kind of, you know, pats you on the neck, just looks at you. Last night was, <sighs> even though I can't remember, I know it was phenomenal. I was surrounded by my closest friends in a place I barely know and woke up to a couple of dwarves that I haven't seen in years. Life just works out strangely that way sometimes, Beetle. That it does. What else? Hmm. See, just kind of, you know, scratches the top of his scalp, you know, runs his fingers through his hair. 
if you would just kind of intrigue me here, I do keep... I got some shit for this when I was younger. I guess you would call it a diary. What's bothering me? And you can see he kind of like turns to go shoulder to shoulder. So he kind of just like puts this like leather journal in between the both of you. We know that this yellow is something awful, right? Mm -hmm. When Dexter and who's the right Victor, I know his name. That alcohol that really messes with you, I'm telling you, Beetle. When Victor, <laughs> <laughs> when Victor Dexter and I were on our way here, that yellow was like spreading. It seemed like some sort of fungi or something. But Navian, your small friend, his eyes. They were black. And from what I understand, you had some sort of experience. I'm unsure what to call it. When we found you, there was a platinum or a, uh, a white radiating from you. I don't know what these three colors, yellow, white, and black, are supposed to mean to you, but I feel like it was a message, Beetle. Yellow symbolizes like a poison. Black, mm, death. White, well, that light that you saw was what you could see of my deity. Hmm. So each color, your theory is each color symbolizes something. Yes. Okay. Is this yellow a... Is that the concern? Or is this black? Uh, the yellow... Probably more so than the black. Okay. But it leads to the black. Okay, so prevent... Prevent... Uh, so the yellow could evolve into black, so stop... And you can see he's writing down, like, stop yellow first. <laughs> I mean, it's how Eric's brain is figuring yeah. it. Yeah, and as that hits, there is a slam of his book and a, you know, like, that kind of jovial, like, sitting in a chair position to the, your shoulders move forward, your elbows drop, and you look somebody in the eyes. We will 
meted down. Yes, we will. Just this big smile. It's exactly what I wanted to hear. Because if you die, I'm going to bring you back and kill you myself. And then bring you back. I was going to say the same to you. Give... <laughs> I would tell you to give him hell, but I f feel like he wants you to. He probably does, Give yeah. Give him Beetle Swift Claw. How about that? Okay. Just this proud, like, dad smile. And as he gets up off his chair, you can see he's still kind of, like, one-legged teetering. Like, ooh, no, the door's over there. See, he exits the bar. He throws down that same stone medallion you've, got, you've gotten kind of used to wearing. And you see William and Victor exit Easton's pub. And they begin their trek back to Ronaldton. You, Dexter, and presumably Ral, leaving Easton's pub to just kind of see what Midmarch has been up to for a couple of hours here. You know, we'll see what catches Beetle's eye, what doesn't. And that's where we will see you guys next session, next week. For what mid-March has in store for Beetle. What's gone on since Beetle was here last. And sadly, with no Victor and no William <laughs> to hang out with him along the way. So we'll see what happens. Before we go, buddies. Roll a d6. I fucking knew it. Would you like me to as well? Yes. All right, I'm on it. Six. Yeah. I'm just gonna drink. Good night, buddies. <laughs>